Welcome back to Memory Jogger, right here on the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Jason here, of course, and of course, I'm joined by my Bud Wyatt. Of course you are. How are things tonight? <laughs> things are going well. Had a pretty good week. Uh, pretty laid back this weekend. Didn't do much thrift shopping. We're doing more cleaning up. You know, you have to have those weekends where, okay, you, you, you find a good haul at the thrift store, and then the next weekend, you got to figure out what you're going to sell to kind of make room. <laughs> That's my dilemma with everything in this freaking house, because I, it's hard for me to get rid of everything, because, yeah. I mean, we've had it in our memory joggers where I still have my Tonkas, I still have my Transformers, I still have, mm. and just the list goes on and on. And then I go and add more, like the radio station stuff. So, yeah, you know. At some point, I, I need to tip the scales and say, okay, let's just close my eyes and, you know, hope someone buys the, the Tonka toys for like $3 billion or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I listed some stuff on eBay. I had originally started uh, collecting a lot of those book and record sets, and I went crazy in a couple auctions, I think, on the Goodwill site and got about, I don't know, <sighs> 30 or 40 old, old ones back from the 60s and 70s, the Disney ones and the little golden book ones. And I'm like, well, this is kind of not my era. My, I want the 80s ones, you know, that I remember playing. So I ended up putting some of those on eBay and just uh, little things, odds and ends here and there. I'm trading with people and trying to even things out a little bit. So I'm not... Uh, going into that true hoarding mode you know <laughs> yeah that's i honestly i think i feel like i am hoarding again for the radio station stuff a little bit mm -hmm. and i i'm trying to back off i have to keep myself like paced that i can't get too much because i still got to rent out the shed to fix it up yeah. and then move the actual station stuff in because there's still an old grill sitting there and our bikes are hanging up so there's a lot of stuff in the way yeah but a buddy of mine thinks he has found us a Digilink. Oh, Digilink so, is the computer. Yes. If yeah. you listen to our radio station jobs, it's the automation computer that basically was just fresh on the scene for us, especially me. Mm -hmm. Jason might have used it a little bit more, but it set the schedule. It played everything out. It ran FM or QIX FM for at least the length that I was there. Mm -hmm. I take that back, not the length. Or I'll argue about eight months that it ran the automation songs and everything. Yeah. So it was a really fascinating piece of equipment. Now, there's a lot newer stuff out there. There's free stuff I've just picked up that I'm sure is far more superior. But it's the whole I'm trying to get as close to real of a radio right. station that we had as possible, the, the whole setup. And I also have a, a line on the turning, uh, we had a rotating shelf for the carts, or to you guys, the listeners, they look like eight tracks. The shelf that we had on our desktop, there's a guy in New Jersey that has one. And <laughs> we're going to go up to New Jersey sometime this summer. I'm going to try to push for sooner rather than later and see if we can't uh, pick that thing up. So that sounds good. Just two more things to add to my cluttered of a shed already, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of uh, all this radio talk, we had some uh, feedback this week. One in particular, 
from a guy who goes by icy robots uh not icy like icy roads but like i see robots mm-hmm. uh very fun follow he uh left me some comments over on instagram to a couple shows one was the peewee show but he said uh love the episode glad to see the show is back i would love to hear more about your local radio days if possible i've always been curious about radio programming and i invite him to go back in our archives our was is our first jobs episode has some radio in it and that's where we interviewed our former uh program director yeah program program director. director We rang him up and we got a fun little interview with him. And uh, we did do a, a specific episode on radio, right? In memory talk. It was. It was all our radio days. That was episode 14. Mm-hmm. So basically, any radio talk, although we usually have some kind of snippet throughout, the primary episodes are episode 10 and 14. Yeah. 10 was early, like Jason said, our first jobs, which still 80% of it was probably the radio station talk. but there was other discussion there and then yeah. 14 was our radio days and again 80 probably closer to 90 percent was wcpa wqix but we also talked about other uh radio station jobs you had wtxr i had winu and that's right that's right that's kind of where our radio days ended unfortunately was there so but yeah i if that doesn't satisfy you, please fill. I'm always ready to talk about radio. I probably get in trouble anymore, but I'm trying when, again, this is probably a year or two down the road. When I get the radio station shed going, I want to do a YouTube, like invite a everybody yeah. of the fans to, to kind of do a walkthrough. I prefer to do it when Jason's up for like RetroCon or something. So he's here to, to do it live with me. Depends on how this works out. Yeah. But the goal is he would at least be on Zoom, the phone. I don't care. Some kind of hookup. Yeah. And we would do a video, maybe 30 minutes or better. Um, I have kind of a time clock in my head of about 45 minutes, not to be excessive, but to actually do like a, a 15 minute. Here's what we would do. Here's how things would be. Here's how we would line up. And then at a true top of the hour. So at one o'clock in the afternoon, for instance, we would do a show. (laughs) So we would actually do it a few seconds beforehand. You'd have the station identification. So we'd hit the station ID. I would, I'm going to make up some kind of newsreel just for fun for like a minute. And then now granted, I did more news talk. Jason did more music when uh, he was there at the station. So I'm going to take the music approach, but I want to do that. I'm going to try. I found an archive of Big Band Jump. So I am tinkering with trying to like, even if it's only a snippet, like, I don't know, a minute, three minutes worth of the show, but to see if I can pull that off and say, this is what we used to do. And oh, by the way, it's on the cassette, you know, over here Mm -hmm. in the, in the left-hand side and just do that. I will have carts ready to go and it would be a physical cart slaps, you know, and play. It won't be, Okay, I just push a button. Okay, did the link? You're on your own. And I just talked through it. No, mm-hmm. I want to do the whole live. Oh, oh here we fun. go with uh, actually pulling and pu- pushing the buttons and pulling the switches and the whole nine. Yeah, that's the whole. <laughs> that's my plan. And it would be a YouTube invite again just to show everybody what we did. Probably more for us to rekindle our youth, but for you that are interested, that 
would like to see how, at least in a small town radio station, how it worked. That would be an example of what we did, how we did it. Mm-hmm. You would see the a, the Ampro board that we used to work on. I have the actual cart machines, um, the right types of models that we had in the studio. The only thing that might be updated would actually be like uh, the CD player, little things like that. I have the same tape deck that we had. So again, I'm trying to get as close to identical as I can. Cost is the talker. So I've thankfully got deals on the, on the cart machines and the Ampro and, and all that. But like the microphone, I want to try to get the right microphone, but I'm finding that's a three or $400 investment. Mm. So yeah. I'm not, really thrilled about throwing out $300 for a hobby just for one item when I've spent $300 probably on the Ampro itself, but it was a huge, that was a shipping. Um, anyway, I, we've petered <laughs> on, but again, whatever we, you know, it, it, again, it's for everybody. I want to invite you guys. I will send out things whenever we plan on. It'll be a, a Jason says like appointment YouTube, not appointment TV. And just, <laughs> We'd have to be careful about playing songs and all that because they. That's the downside. Know, I've, I was going down, to do, but... I thought I did some research and I thought pre 72 was somewhat immune, but it's not. Um, no, no. It's like 40s and older is immune. We'll have to, we'll have to work our way around that. But yeah, maybe we can do your, your uh, 80s, um, what is it, synth wave, synth? Um, yeah, I could get, uh, there's a, a few people I know I could get permission and get some music for us, but. But again, I'm trying to do this for legit. So I, I am looking at going through um, a company where they, you know, I pay $60 a month and they take care of all that. So it yeah. would be okay now on their programs. I don't know if YouTube would honor it. Probably not. YouTube um, actually has its own library of music that you can use. That's uh, true. We could use free, that to so. show show yeah. what we did whether i've it's, explored it, that a couple times right it won't be you know um tom petty but you know <laughs> whatever yeah okay and if you're interested uh i think i did mention it to ic robots that uh you had your own uh 3d model of our studio that we went through yes. that podcast which one you said was memory jogger 14 um, well we so so both had the 3d Okay. Um, so, and if you go to YouTube, you can see right. all this. It's right there. Now, it might be a lengthy, lengthy episode, but you can fast forward if you need to, just to see what it looked like. The episode ten was more of the entire building, so you okay. got to see from outside where you got to see the Q Cruiser, which was our minivan that had <laughs> all the remotes, and then you got to see the inside, which I didn't really. Uh, draw out like where the desks and all that even though i remember where everything was i didn't draw it out my more focus was on the studios and we go over an overview of the am booth the newsroom the production room and fm and the satellite room episode 14 we get a little bit more in detail where i explode the the am booth a little more detail and i try to get us to sit in it as if we were sitting in the booth or standing there rather moving around with the the cart machines and 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 so forth yeah so that's yeah i think there is a uh on the rediscover the 80s channel on youtube uh there's a little section for podcast recordings i think 
mm-hmm. that you can kind of scroll through and find it. But I think if you just went out and searched like memory jogger 14 or memory jogger 10. Yeah. Radio. What did we name that one? Radio days. Well, first, uh, I think radio days was the other one. And okay. then early jobs was the, was episode 10. Okay. Yeah. Just search for that memory jogger yeah. plus those two and you should be able to find it. All right. Uh, one more piece of feedback before we get to uh, this uh, show's topic. Got a great email from John Womble and wanted to read it back to you and uh, get your reaction to here, Wyatt. He says, uh, hey, guys, been listening for a while and decided to drop you a line. And by the way, you can drop me a line, Jason at rediscoverthe80s.com. Uh, I finally got a chance to check out the Ernest P. Worrell episode. I was excited about this one because I was a very big Ernest fan in my childhood and still am. I was extra delighted when Wyatt mentioned Ernest goes to Splash Mountain. I had long forgotten that one and it triggered some very endearing memories. I'm sure others have probably reached out considering I was a little late to the game on this episode. But since the two of you seemed unfamiliar, I thought I'd give you a little info. Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain was definitely made for TV, but it wasn't a movie, per se. It was actually an elaborate commercial that was presented as a special on primetime ABC. When Disney unveiled the newest addition to their Disneyland park, Splash Mountain, they found a creative way to advertise by producing a short film that revolved around Ernest taking a trip to Disney specifically to go on the new ride. Nice. Hearing that one really resonated with me as I was living in Southern California at the time, and my parents planned on bringing my sister and I to Disneyland shortly after the debut of the new ride. So I was pumped when I heard about Ernest going to see Splash Mountain for himself. This TV special not only gave me a new dose of Ernest, but also a preview of what to expect when I finally got to tackle the mountain myself. Anyhow, thanks for reminding me of that great memory. And uh, we are glad to jog your memory there, John. So glad you uh, wrote to us. And yeah, I mean, that just totally missed me. I mean, that was primetime earnest. Uh, yeah. I want to say that was right there late 80s when the TV shows, TV series was uh, airing. And probably why they chose him since he was moving up the ladder there, so to speak. Probably. But uh, interesting how they used him to uh, open a new ride there at Disneyland. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, you can write to Jason, like he said. You can always write to me as well, infamouswb at gmail.com, or obviously, like we always say, our all our social media outlets. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, easiest way to get a hold of us is on social media there, and Wyatt will uh, spout those off. But uh, are you ready? Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get our randomizer all set, and uh, let's see what the topic is this week, okay? All right. Let's uh, spin the cubes. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Yes, sir. I love oh. it when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes. The A-Team episode. Oh, man. Um, do you remember when you first started watching the A-Team? It was probably around the same time frame that the Dukes was airing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it being, I don't, I can't remember when it aired. I don't think it was a Friday night. Friday night was the big to do. So yeah, if it I, happened I during, it was middle of the week. Yeah. So if it happened during the week, we didn't get the chips or the popcorn or the, or the Pepsi or whatever. <laughs> it was kind of a mundane theatrical version. It was just, we we're watching it, even though it was co- so cool. 
it wasn't the the hoopla, and I, probably because Dad didn't want me to be sipping on sugar, you know, every night of the week watching these shows uh-huh. or snacking on chips and whatever else. But I, I can recall it was great. What about you? What was your early, earliest memory? Who? So the A team. I can vividly remember. It's one of the few shows I vividly remember watching as a kid in prime time. It had to have been like middle of the week, maybe like a Wednesday or Tuesday night that it aired because uh, I, my parents let me watch the show. I was just enthralled with the show. Uh, So I got to dominate the TV, our one TV that we had, you know, (laughs) and uh, it came on. They would let me stay up. I believe it came on at eight o'clock. Because as soon as it was over, I had to go to bed and it was always sad because I'd stay right through the credits. It was a Stephen J. Uh, Cannell show. So if you remember that little spot they have at the end or that little promo, yes, where he throws the, he's on his typewriter and he throws the paper up in the air and then it slowly floats down and becomes his logo that was always like the last thing. And then I would try to uh, stay up a little bit longer to watch the intro to Riptide. Riptide came on after the A-Team. I remember that. Do you remember that show with the crazy pink rescue helicopter? And yes, they... the, the funny part is the still to this day, and I've said it a few times in our, uh-huh. uh, in our uh, episodes, is all I remember is the only way the, the thing would start is they'd slap the dash. <laughs> then it would start. Kind of yeah. do the... Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Fonzie, you know, boom. Yeah. For the jukebox. Right. Yep. Yeah. It was a weird show. I, they had a robot on there or something too, but uh, I don't remember much about Riptide, but yeah, I would stay up till I believe nine o'clock. They let me stay up till nine and then I had to go to bed because it was a school night. So uh, very, very good memories of watching the show and uh, just, I mean, you know, it was like a live action G.I. Joe because you had all this gunfire and nobody ever got shot. You know, it very was, seldom. Uh, there was a couple injuries that they right, did do one right. or two, but it was very, very seldom. But um, yeah, somebody would get injured. Never, nobody ever got killed or, you know, you really even saw blood at all. It was mainly shooting at cars, watching them flip over, you know, and all that crazy stuff. So. Yeah, I just was enamored with it and, you know, one of the toys I wanted to, I love the theme song and, and all that stuff. So I know we've both gone back and rewatched the show. So I guess let's just stay on that. Do you have any specific seasons or episodes that you are your favorites or you enjoy the most? Uh, I enjoyed Really, I enjoyed all of it. The only one I did not like, and I've watched it over and over, and it's just like, you know, the the, the source bot on, on Airwolf fans, season four of Air, Airwolf, where they bring in Sinjin. It was low budget, and people don't like it as well. I liked it, where now you have, I think it's season four of the eight, I'm sorry, season five, five. five of is the, the last season, yeah. where they they introduced this whole team and now he's working for a general, you know, they're all working for this new general that has his, you know, Learjet and whatever. That one I didn't like because it's like Hannibal lost his edge, even though, you know, every now and then they say this, this is the last time general or 
you know, I don't work for you, General, or whatever. They always came back to the guy. Yeah. So I enjoy it because it's part of the A-team, and you still get them making up stuff, just like MacGyver, we call it. Uh, they were the first MacGyver. It wasn't MacGyver. It was A-team. Um, <laughs> yeah, but BA was the first MacGyver. All really stuff true. do with a car. That's right. <laughs> but they were also equally, it was almost like the, the sore spot. It's not really the A-team. They lost their independence. Um, that's probably the short of it. How about yeah. you? Was there one episode or one season that you're not a fan of? Well, just bouncing off that, I mean, the whole premise of the A-team was they're in the L.A. underground. They're undercover. They're only coming out to help out certain people or people that pay them, quote unquote, pay them because yeah. typically they give the money back or don't even take payment. But that was the whole plot. I mean, they were, you know, on the run, on the lam from the government. And it was dangerous for them to come out and help people because then you got... uh who, the army who, was always after him, but it was you know Colonel the, Lynch, and you got uh, who was Colonel the, Decker. Decker, Decker. God, that just left yeah. my mind. He was the famous one. It's his, his name stuck out. Yeah, because it was Lance Legault and that deep raspy voice of his. But oh yeah, there was, was actually three actor. or four people that was always after him. But Lance seemed to get the bigger yeah. champion of being the bad guy. But you, you know, get them ugly, one, ugly beige. <laughs> police cars and p cars after oh yeah it was yeah. hilarious watching <laughs> i loved hannibal's laugh when he it's like uh they jump over a, a wrecked bridge you know hannibal always had that raspy but higher pitch kind of voice mm-hmm. his laugh was just you know not today decker and and the, the raspy laugh <laughs> <laughs> i loved it it was so hilarious <laughs> Yeah, I like uh, the early seasons as well. There's some episodes that are kind of, I mean, they're almost like Knight Rider too. There's those episodes where they help the small town. They just happen to be stuck there or, yep. you know, uh, there's this uh, girl that has come all this way and she doesn't have enough money to pay them. They end up going out and helping her, you know, and it's always, you know, like a biker gang or somebody messing with the water supply or whatever, you know, the plots kind of crossed over in those shows in the eighties, but uh, that was just fun. And, you know, the, the point where they would, uh, or some of them would usually get captured or something and BA would have to come up, you know, with whatever he had around him and make a school bus into an armored tank or, you know, uh, they had that water, Cadillac, that Cadillac water that cannons and yeah. tank. That was yes, awesome. Yeah. We did uh, just a quick plug while I'm thinking about it. For the 30th anniversary of the A-Team, we put together several articles on Rediscover yes. the 80s. The, uh, let's, I mean, I think it was the top episodes. And then we did BA's craziest vehicles. We did Murdoch's craziest moments. Uh, Face Man's best disguises. I'm trying to no, think. No. Best scams. Best scams. Yeah, best scams. Yeah. And it was Hannibal's best disguises. Probably, it was yeah. <laughs> um, it was Murdoch's top crazy moments, insane moments. Yeah. BA was his his sayings. You turned That's it right, more of yeah. into an urban dictionary. I just wanted to say, you know, <laughs> I pity the fool, got him one liners, but you went and 
furthered it, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then I even incorporated a few extras, like the vehicle co-stars that popped in. Like you had oh, Santini yeah. Air, the old Santini Air helicopter aired there first. Uh, you had a Hazard County police car showed up. Kit, before it had all the electronics in it, Kit made an appearance. And Airwolf, yeah. Yes. The Although red, people will argue wolf. that it's Red Wolf, but <laughs> yeah, no one knows because there's no tail number on it. So, um, but yeah, that I mean, that was really fun to put all that together for the 30th anniversary, which was gosh, probably uh nine years ago. Now we're going on the 40th, yeah. Uh, in a, in a minute here, probably next year, I think. I think it came out in 83, so uh, that was really fun to put together. So, I would say, uh, I'll put some links in the show notes to some of those articles. You can go out and read those if you want to, you know, get our uh, two cents on the A team. That was but, 2013. I just popped it up. It's 2013. We wrote those articles. Wow. Yeah. And then we was, had, well, then we had uh, the top 10 best vehicle creations. That was the other one where okay. you see the tanks okay. and, and so forth. But yeah, I don't, I mean, there's some really fun guest stars on the show. There's you know, Hulk Hogan and that weird yeah. one where they bring in Boy George. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. And Tia Carrera. She was the one, it was right. Was it the beginning of season five? I think. Yeah, um, it was right at the beginning like of that. five. And I think it was uh, a two-parter, if I remember right. But I can't remember if it was or not. But yeah, what do you think? While I'm thinking about uh, some of the ladies on the show, like Amy, what was the other girl that was hanging out with Face for a while? That was in uh, maybe season three or four. I can't remember. So you got her. Melinda Colia, who was Amy Allen. And right. Then you got Marley Heasley. She played um, Tanya Baker. Okay. They were fun additions to the team. You know, I think it was pretty staunch that George Papard, you know, one of the four of them. And I I think there was some falling out there why Amy, she only lasted, I think, what, one season, if that. And uh, she, well, she lasted for, yeah, no, it looks like here, at least in, in the facts here, it says that. Marla, Tanya, she she played from season two to three. So it's like mid-season is when they did okay. the, the switch. Uh, Amy, the original girl there, because she was in the pilot too, back before they got Dirk Benedict to play Face, and they had a different actor in the pilot for Face. But uh, I think she was ousted pretty quickly after they started the show, and it started becoming popular. But I don't know. Well, I like there, the there was a lot of drama behind it because – George primarily thought this is just a guy's type of right, right, right. Shoot him up, cowboys and Indians type of show, and didn't think there was a place for women to be in this. But I don't know what what it really was. I think corporate was the one that said, "No, we got to have a woman in there to to have the f- female presence and probably other things too." Yeah. But I liked Amy, and I, I liked too. Tanya. I, I liked too. how they did that. I liked that Amy's character was the kind of the end, so they could always pull up data or they had the girl to play, you know, faces uh, yeah, honeymoon she, girl on, on a, right. a few episodes after, you know? Yeah. They always put the girls with face, you know, to be part of his camps too. So I thought that they played well into the whole mix, but uh, yeah, it was kind of sad that they almost pushed them out. I agree. That didn't really I give them a regular characters. role, but what I, what I thought was funny is when you see Tanya, you see her, kind of show up early as one of the uh, bikini girls on the boat of like season two 
early oh, really? in season two. Yeah, she's one of the girls. She just hands George like something like food or a drink or something. But you see her, you know, bikini and all. I'm like, oh, we get to see an early capture of <laughs> Tanya here. Um, but then you get to see Tanya like four or five episodes later. She's been, even though Amy's not there to pass the baton, she essentially is given the new reins of what what yeah. uh, Amy did. But it was fun. I uh, enjoyed all the characters, and we, you know, we had fun dressing up like them at RetroCon. Yeah. It was about four or five RetroCons ago now. First time we'd ever tried to do cosplay, and why it was uh, Murdoch with his uh, little lobster claw. And the Saki. <laughs> and sock, yeah. And uh, I got to be Hannibal. And, uh, Dirk even said that you're dyed my hair Mike. gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really fun when we met uh, Dirk and we met Dwight Schultz. Dwight. Yeah. Got our picture with him in front of the van. And yeah, he said, you're, you're just about the height of George, you know, because he, it's well known that he wore like, uh, lifts in his shoes uh, implants or whatever to make him taller because the rest of the guy rest of the crew were taller than him but it was fun that was a that was a really fun experience and being there with the van too i mean the van was a character of the show to me just like knight rider and airwolf was that van ba's van his baby you know Mm -hmm. i loved the van oh yeah and i had to go out i remember having a toy van I think I had a like matchbox size or hot wheel size van, but I had a larger one that was just smaller size than those big six inch figures were. Cause I had uh, Murdoch and I had BA and I would shove them in that van. They could barely fit in there. Yeah. <laughs> and the driver, it was Ertl. I believe it was Ertl that made the van. I saw it on shop Goodwill not too long ago. And I set my price on it and got outbid <laughs> and it was a nice one too, but it had the sliding door and it had like a torso of BA in the driver's mm-hmm. seat. So you at least got him. I remember uh, seeing that. That was kind of weird, but oh man, I love that van and just that sliding door back and forth and being able to shove their gear in there too. Cause those larger figures, which I ended up buying all four of them at RetroCon, I believe it was that year with their gear. And got a pretty good deal. Uh, they came with like BA came with a toolbox, and there's like a wrench and a hammer and a screwdriver, and you could fill that toolbox up. And each one had their guns and binoculars and belts and backpacks and all kinds of stuff. So those figures were great. Yeah, uh, I never had the GI Joe size ones, and they had their own little line as well with vehicles and a big playset never had any of that and snagged those figures. I th- I want to say it was last year, wasn't it? That I ended up buying all four of the GI Joe. Figures. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And they're in their neon clothes. <laughs> Cause yeah, it was yeah. like, uh, they're, they're in, uh, orange and blue and green shirts. And I, I guess just to differentiate the characters, but if you're a kid and you knew the show, I don't know. see, so understand why that they would have to do that, but. Yeah, you saw you found them on the card. Remember that? And yes, you I did. They were, you thought they were 50 bucks, but then we went back and took a second look and it was like 150 or 250 or something. It was something ridiculous. 
but uh, I ended up just buying them loose in from a, a couple of different dealers that were there. So I had some of the toys uh, as a kid. Did you remember having any of the toys or anything like that? I did not have any of the toys. I didn't have anything A-Team related. I, I wanted it, I'm sure, but I didn't have anything A-Team related. I thought I had one of the Matchbox Ertl cars, but I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drawing a blank because I would have been pretty adamant I would have had it out. <laughs> but I was always fascinated because it is, it's that shoot 'em up, kind of like good guys, bad guys, you know, but, mm-hmm. and even though there's lots of gunfight and we've said it before, there's, even even in the in the interviews, when we went there at RetroCon, and if you look online, anybody can look online for where it's primarily Dirk and Dwight that do these Comic Cons, RetroCons, and their remembrance is it was a live action cartoon. So mm-hmm. you shot around and you pretty much didn't hurt anybody. So there was always the comedy of, you know, no one's a sharpshooter because no one can hit anything. You know, you can't hit the bad guy, <laughs> but there was that, that, that was the coolness of it. Cause you got to see the explosives. You got to see the van or cars jump or crash or whatever, but for the most part, no one died or even got hurt. I, 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 there was a couple little episodes where BA got shot, but they didn't, they wrote it in later, you know, like early. So he got shot on a mission, but you don't see him getting shot. It's mm-hmm. what opens the whole episode. There's Little, the one where uh, Murdoch is shot, seem, yep. seemingly is shot. Yeah, but we find out it, it was all a, a ruse. Well, there is a there is a one where he's shot. They find him. Uh, they go to a, some hunting cabin. I think that's one of the few that he's actually shot, or someone shoots okay. him. You know, and they have to go find the first aid kit and all that. And and uh, that's an actually pretty good episode. Um, the general too uh, doesn't he get killed? The yes, he does. When for? they go, when they go find uh, Tia, yeah, he gets yeah. killed. He I gets shot he's as he's climbing in the helicopter. So yeah, yeah. That's one of the ones. He might be the only one. <laughs> yeah. So, but then you got the fun of BA, who's afraid of flying. Oh know, yeah. And the fun of that, you know, I get off all the no plane, you know, you fool. I got pushed <laughs> out of a plane. What you crazy? And the whole, that comedy of it, you know, you think of B.A., that big, huge, buff man, and he yeah. can't go up. He's, he's you know, they're going to stage out in front of a bank holding a clock. You know, that's, gotta, that's Murdoch. They got to drug his hamburger. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh... Or, they, or they smack him over the head with a two by four. I mean, it's the fun of it was, to me, a lot of it was genius because how would you invent something, you know? Who would have thought you'd put a ringer washer and set it on top of a Jeep like a turret and turn it into a flamethrower? I mean, someone thought this through. Yeah. Putting bamboo logs on the, on the side of a little tiny two-seater helicopter, but turns it into a missile launcher. Things like that. Someone yeah. thought this through, again, like MacGyver. <laughs> and it's, it's just a beautiful way in a film world to get people interested and sucked in to see what was next and that's what Dirk especially said about how the ratings were always high they were the number one series on NBC yet the CEO um, his name escapes me 
And I should know because Alpha said it on this episode here a couple of episodes. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Um, oh, uh, Abersol. No, there's one. There's no. one before him. But anyway, so the CEO was not a fan of it. There was too much violence. It was not the tone that they wanted M- NBC to walk into. But when you have your cash cow right there, why do you want to mess with it? And that's what Dirk's benefit, not me, obviously a fan. That's my mindset. If there's a cash cow, if people love it. Why do you want to go messing with it? Yeah. And it was such a cash cow. I mean, the merchandising, I don't think it was as big as like the Dukes, but you had trading cards and all kinds of just anything you can put a team on coloring books. And I have a, a page of those laser blazer stickers that I uh, hold very dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And I still have a rubber stamp of BA <laughs> nice. on the card. I bought it retrocon. So they were, uh, yeah, they had a small short run of comic books. I have, I think, uh, just four in the series, but they were big enough, you know, to get their own comic book. I mean, that's, that's huge. So Brandon Tartikoff. Okay. That's who it was during that time. And that's who it was. And I'm not trying to dime them out. It's, it's just a fact, you know, you got someone that wants to go another way. Understandably, that's the CEO. They're always trying to push and mm-hmm. be pushing for the next, uh, next thing and, and try to be, I guess, thinking ahead and move to something else. But yet, like we said, when you got something bringing in their top, they're the top NBC, they're the top show, beating out people, beating out other series and so forth. Mm-hmm. Why do you go and mess with that? Yeah. yeah. So anyway. I, I was just, uh, speaking of merchandise, uh, I was telling Wyatt before we got in the air, I was doing a little, inventory of my 45 record singles and was just doing some random searches on youtube today and i found the a-team theme record single from mike post the you know one of the great tv composers so many songs under his belt uh there is a release but it looks like it was over in the uk a couple ones that i saw and it was like I don't know, around the $50 range to get it here. But uh, that would be a holy grail to have the A-Team theme. And I believe that they released a soundtrack too, because I want to say I reviewed it for our A-Team at 30 series. So I don't know. I'm going to have to look out there and see if there's some, I can get the song on vinyl or something. But Mike Post did a lot of, uh, TV themes in compilations too. So you can go out there and find albums that are just uh, his TV theme songs, like uh, The Greatest American Hero was one, uh, Hill Street Blues, I'm trying to think what a uh, Magnum PI. Mm-hmm. I think those were all released as singles. So I just, was just thinking about that uh, a minute ago. I was like, oh, yeah, I saw that today. So it was merchandise to death. Now, before we get out of here, I think we've, you know, done a lot of memory jogging here, but have you watched the the newer movie, the one from like I don't know, 2008 maybe? I have. I I liked it because they tried to keep it pretty close to the original. I've yet to to be able to pull out Murdoch. I haven't watched it lately, but I know 
Dwight Schultz is there as a cameo. Saw Dirk Benedict, but Dwight, I haven't yet to spot him. Um, I know he's in the mental ward there, but yeah. I just, I just haven't peeled him out. And I'm pretty good about spotting cameos and spotting things like that. So it's they camouflage him very well, or or I'm just missing it somehow. He was cut, I think, from the theatrical version. There's a an extended cut of the movie which I have. And they add in the cameo scenes, the one with face where he's sun tanning there at the lockup and then at the crazy ward when I think they're shocking Murdoch and he's kind of Murdoch. The original Murdoch is back behind the glass there. And as one of the doctors, both of those are in there, Mm. but it was 2010 when that came out. I was pretty excited. I I wanted to see uh, what they were going to do with it and see if they kept true to the characters of each one. And I thought they did a great job. I had a really fun time at the movies watching that. Just the the most ridiculous thing was when they're in that cargo plane and it's shot down and they all jump in that tank and the tank is falling and they're trying they're shooting the tank. They're trying to fly the tank, you know just ridiculous uh, as a premonition that is i'm like this is the 18 because they were just off the wall not expecting what was going to happen next trying to you know make up things and do with what they had and oh man i had such a great time watching the movie i thought uh well liam neeson did great as hannibal yeah and uh curtis rampage the, uh, I think he was a UFC fighter as as BA. I thought he did very well with that. Um, oh, the actors now escaping my mind that played Face. It'll come to me here in a minute. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper as Face. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the guy that played Murdoch. Charteau Copley. Yeah. He was in that District Nine movie, which was kind of weird, but. It has taken me a, a few viewings to kind of get him in that Murdoch because Murdoch is Murdoch, and as crazy as Dwight Schultz played him, I, I think it's really hard to top that. But it is. Uh, well, he even said Dwight when we were, you know, he had basically got fired because he was too crazy. He was too into his character, but then he got rehired because they couldn't find anybody that would take it to the level yeah. that Dwight would do. But, of course, when I asked them about the movie at RetroCon, they were both like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know. But see, I liked it, except that it was so much the foul language. I mean, everything, face, I mean, well, just that. I mean, I know that seems to be the way of now, but that's what I couldn't stand is, yeah. is the, the severe language that they did. And they, it's, of course, it's PG-13 and and they amped everything up really to make it, you know, more like movies are today. But I understand that just because it was a the kids were watching it back then. And that not necessarily was geared towards kids. It was geared towards us that remembered the right. team. And I don't know. I had fun with it. I still enjoy watching it now. I know a lot of people are just like, no, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with the original show and I'm, I'm cool with that too, but I can watch it and have watched it several times. I've yep, got the same Blu-ray. So. I'm still, I was still about as hurt as BA when they crushed the van, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was just it's things like that, man. I mean, 
you know, the van was part of it. Why did you go and crush, <laughs> you know, our baby? Yeah. And I loved how they worked in the, uh, the theme and the, they played that movie, you know, at the psych ward Yep, yep. and shoved the, uh, you know, they ran that Hummer through the wall or whatever it was. And everybody's like, Whoa, you know, like this is the best movie ever. It looks real. You know, they bust Murdoch out, but yeah. And I, you know, I love the way that they, you know, they had that experience when they busted him out and BA's hanging off the side of the helicopter. Well, that's the reason why he doesn't like flying. I can get that. So, you know, they worked in all of the, the character personality, the, the storylines and things like that, that they had in the show into that movie pretty well. So anyway, uh, I, I think that's about it. Unless you had anything else that came to mind on the A-Team. One of, it was just one of the greatest shows. Uh, obviously, we're kind of uh, nostalgic and, and kind of skewed because we grew up with it. And But that's it was a fun episode and uh, our series rather. And I wanted one of those 18 vans as a, you know, and Jason, and I have joked that, you know, I'll paint one of my vans up like one. <laughs> um, not too long ago, I was window shopping for a van and I came across a van. Can't remember which one. But they have the swivel seats, just like BAs, you know, where it's swiveled around to the back. And I'm and yeah. Jason was right, right, right up. Okay, you got to go get that and slap the, <laughs> the black paint on it. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I would. But I just, well, the money wasn't there for the van anyway. But I mean, obviously, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go all out and get the the yeah. black and red pinstriping and all. But that, is, that aside, I mean, th- this was a great series something we loved i was a big fan of all of them a lot of us tend to go to the leaders for the characters we like the leadership type of characters but i really liked dwight schultz's character murdoch and as i got older i seemed to appreciate the acting side of it yeah how fantastic he was to go the extra mile to get that crazy to sing to uh on certain things to uh well he sang when he took off on, on most airplanes but you know there's there's a logging a lumberjack episode where he's singing on top of the log truck you know as they're carrying it yeah. down the road things like that that's why i've grabbed hold of his character because there was no limit to him mm-hmm. and what's and like I said, the funny part is he got fired because he was no limit, but they couldn't find someone to step it down like they wanted that wouldn't that would still keep it at the mark yeah. that Dwight had. But all the characters were fun. I yeah. was a big fan of the the ladies. Uh, like I said, I didn't like that how it's been portrayed and how it's been told. The truth basically has come out of how George was not as a fan of the women as as they should have been, you know, they they should have been an integral part and they were on camera, but I, I didn't like seeing Amy go. I don't know why. Again, the backstory, obviously the real facts are there, but I didn't like seeing Amy go. She was, you know, part of the A team. She was part of that, that crew. It took me a little bit to get used to um, Tanya to be a part of it because Mm -hmm. to me, she's the outcast. You know, she, what, who are you? But she filled that role very well too. So, yeah. Anyway, that's my two cents. How about yours? Yeah. My final thought is uh, BA's laugh. (laughs) 
I love it when BA laughs. I love it too. Uh, Cause he, you know, he's the tough guy. He's the one that's going to step yeah. up and just, you know, I, I, the camera angles, you know, you, you guys remember the camera angles of the A team. Every, somebody always gets thrown and you get that like overhead shot yep. of the person getting flipped in the air, you know, or whatever. Uh, so BA was just, you know, kicking the most butt, but then he had those little moments where he would crack up and, you know, get Murdoch back for whatever, getting him on a plane. And that was my favorite thing. When the episode where he goes to visit his mama on Thanksgiving, you know, and they, there's this, I think there's a gang in town or something. They had to help her out uh, and, and her neighborhood. Uh, that was a fun episode, but just, you know, getting inside Mr. T who was this huge character larger than life and seeing those fun little moments where he cracks up, you know, and shows his lighter side. He was my favorite character. I might say a different character if you ask me tomorrow, but I really love BA and everybody saw through Hannibal's lame disguises. You know, we always knew it was Hannibal at all the, at the Chinese restaurant or the laundry or whatever it was that he did. And some of the other ones, but it was still fun you know, for him to dress up and uh, us to see him that way. I always laughed. That's all. Yeah, I, I love his laugh. There's one that I I l- like. It's when they're doing the, the lobster bit and he goes, Fireball that, sucker! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, right. yeah, this is awesome. This is great, yeah. A-Team is right up there with some of my favorite shows from the 80s, so. Absolutely. Good topic. Well, thank you again for joining us here on Mystery Memory Jogger. We always look forward to your comments and suggestions. Please visit us at rediscoverthe80s.com or any one of our social media outlets as RD80s. Don't forget to leave us a voicemail on Telby as well. Thank you again. And on behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt. And we welcome you to join us next time on another episode of Memory Jogger.